Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one miraculous page of Talmud each day. And on today's pages, Bavakama 66 and 67, we come across this curious tidbit. Have a listen. The Gemara suggests a different answer. Rather, Rava said that this matter was a difficulty posed by Rabba to Rav Yosef for 22 years, and it was not resolved until Rav Yosef sat at the head of the yeshiva and resolved it in the following manner. A change in name of an item, representing a change in status, is similar to a physical change brought about by an action. First of all, any decision 22 years in the making is worth pausing on, but this one is particularly interesting. Really, a change in the name of an item represents a change in status? Does a rose by any other name smell so sweet? These are huge questions. And for huge questions, we turn to our friend, our teacher, the one and only, Rabbi David Bershevkin. How are you, my friend? Liel, what an absolute privilege and pleasure to be speaking today about Talmud. And this passage really fascinates me for exactly the reason that you noticed you had a question for 22 years that was not resolved. They couldn't figure it out until Rev Yosef became the head of the yeshiva, and then he resolves it in this way by equating a change in name and status to an actual physical change in an item. And it makes you wonder, like, was this like Vermont's last theorem? Like, what exactly took 22 years to figure out, and why all of a sudden, when he becomes the head of the yeshiva, uh, is he finally able to answer it? And the question that almost bothers me the most, and I think is the most fascinating and interesting, is why the Talmud chooses to record this background to the answer. Usually the Talmud does not give you the backdrop of what was going on in the individual rabbi's lives before it gives you, it gives you this context, before it actually supplies the answer. Like, just cut to it. I don't need to know what was going on in your life when you wrote an op-ed. Reporters don't begin their articles by saying, I was going through a really tough time, but here's the answer to your question. Just give me the answer. Why does the Talmud choose to record seemingly non-related anecdotes in the context of the Talmud? And if you've ever listened and you've been paying close attention to your readings of the Talmud, you would know, and I hope that we've instilled in this within one another together, that there really is nothing happenstance in the Babylonian Talmud. It was edited very deliberately, and even if you're not of the school of thought that there was some divine assistance assembling this actually mysterious work, there was a very serious editing process, and why would they preserve such a happenstance, non-sequitur story as a part of the line of inquiry in the Talmud? And I believe the answer is, is because the very line of inquiry is fundamental to the answer that was given, number one. And number two, it was actually giving us a very important and powerful idea. The idea is, is that for 22 years, they were trying to figure out what the answer to this Talmudic question was, and they could not figure it out until Rav Yosef is appointed the head of the yeshiva. What did that do for him? So, 
Rav Yaakov Emden, who is a fascinating scholar, self-revelatory, you have to read his autobiography, uh, just a jaw-dropping uh, scholar and, and personal biography, if you're ever interested. Uh, Rav Yaakov Emden says something fascinating. He says that it specifically mentions that he was able to formulate the answers this after 22 years because a part of our ability to confront the hardest questions in the world has to do with the level of responsibility that we take upon ourselves in our lives. When you're a teenager sitting in the basement, uh, I don't know, smoking a doobie or doing whatever, I don't know if I'm, am I allowed to mention that on the air? Um, and doing whatever, uh, and you're trying to figure out how to create world peace, you, you may come up with some interesting and creative ideas. They rarely lead to anything because sitting in the basement as an adolescent dreaming about how you can change the world is being done in the vacuum of leadership, in the vacuum of responsibility. Responsibility. That person doesn't really have any responsibility. That person doesn't really have anybody or constituencies depending on them. Once you take responsibility in your life, once you are actually accountable to others and people are depending on you, your ability to formulate and confront crisis actually changes. It changes because, number one, the weight of responsibility clarifies how to integrate pragmatism with idealism, which is what responsibility and leadership is all about. And secondly, and this is something more theological, when you take on Jewish responsibility, there is a special divine assistance that helps somebody who is assisting and trying to uplift and inspire the masses and communities. We have divine assistance for our leaders, and when our leaders take on that real sincere responsibility where they are beholden to a community, they are able to answer and assist through that divine assistance in more realizable ways. And finally, our first question, which is, what is this have to do with the answer he gave? The answer he gave talks about how changes in status have to do with changing the very item, the very action that you are dealing with. And that's exactly what happened to Rev Yosef himself. Rev Yosef had a change in his status. And that change in his status was not just a title, was not just a new business card that he's now Rosh Hashiva. A change in status actually changed who he is because it was a change that actually affected the responsibilities that he had in his life. And that's what allowed him to come up with this answer, that a change in status really is comparable to an actual material change in the item itself. Hallelujah. Rabbi David Bashevkin, thank you as ever for being our guest. My absolute pleasure. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, then you are really going to love the new book just published by me. It's called How the Talmud Can Change Your Life, Surprisingly Modern Advice from a Very Old Book. You can order it now at your local bookstore or directly from the publisher through the link in this here podcast description or through that big online store whose logo is, you know, a smile. As always, please go rate and review Take One on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You could get your Take One t-shirts and mugs and other swag at tabletstudios.com and you could subscribe to our weekly newsletter at tabletm.ag slash take one newsletter. 
Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnik, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramucci, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic.